and welcome to Cuppers and Catch-Ups. My name is Imogen Chapman and this is my new safe space where I can have a good old chat. This podcast will be focusing on the lessons that I have learnt so far throughout my life, as well as the lessons that others may have learnt throughout theirs. So, grab your cuppers, get comfy and let's have a catch-up. Today we're catching up with Jomar Bennett. Um, Jomar was one of my closest friends throughout secondary school. Um, so it was so good to have a good catch up with him today. I haven't seen him for a couple of years now. Uh, so it was great to have a good catch up. We will be discussing the Black Lives Matter movement um, and the importance of it. We'll also be discussing Jomar's direct experiences with racism. So uh, I really hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, I just want to apologise in advance for the sound issues um, that we were having um, on both ends. I think I think mine was probably a little bit worse. Um, so I am really sorry about that. But, you know, it's all a learning curve. So um, as I say, please do enjoy. Hi, Joma. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, how are you doing at the moment? How's lockdown life for you? I'm good, thank you. Um, yeah, lockdown's all right, actually. I'm just trying to make the most out of it, you know, doing what I can, not trying to waste my time. But I'm super ready for everything to go back to normal now. But yeah. obviously, it's not that easy, so we just got to sit and wait, you know. Yeah, I think I'm starting to get to that point a little bit where I'm like, I'd like to have a bit of normality back. But yeah, I keep completely. saying to everyone, I've been enjoying it, like, a little bit more than I maybe should. I like like being in my yeah, own little yeah. bubble and just having the time to relax. Yeah, but, um, I love my own company. Yeah, I do as well. Um, mm. But today, obviously, we're talking about the Black Lives Matter movement. So, firstly, I mean, I guess, what what does that mean to you? What does the movement mean to you? So, for me, like, Black Lives, Ma- Black Lives Matter is, like, super, super important, like... It's the whole fact that we as blacks feel that we're just not, we don't have the same advantage, like the same opportunities, the same system that everyone else gets to basically progress in life and live their life. Like it just feels to us as we. Yeah. Um, have you personally experienced um, racism in any in any form and if you have are you able to just explain and just talk about it a little bit yeah like I think that probably like every black person that I know of has experienced racism of some form which is crazy to me like I don't I just don't know anyone that hasn't um not necessarily being direct calling you n-word or stuff like that even our seniors but I guess we're just tired of it really so we just want to matter, just like the same as everyone else does. You know? Yeah. Um, it's more like subtle. It's harder to point out. But once you feel it, like it's the feeling that you feel inside. So, for example, like I'd say in school, maybe primary school times, a common thing would be that started was like mimicking um, accents like for example, my mom's accent or my dad's accent. And certain kids would try and mimic a certain African accent or something like that. 
but it's not mm. like you're basically mocking it they're basically mocking it and mm. for one um obviously my parents aren't african they're jamaican so that was just disrespectful to me straight away as well like you can't just assume just because i'm black i'm african that's not exactly how it works and why are you mimicking my parents for like that and that was a thing that happened and i've seen happen quite often and yeah it's not an easy thing that you can just like i don't know go to a teacher and be like oh he mimicked my mom like what can you is it's just like you kind of just accept yeah. it as black people you kind of just like let it happen you just keep it moving you kind of accept mm-hmm. that's just like one of the things you've got to go through it's crazy isn't it to think that that you were so young when when that started and when that happened i mean when you yeah. in primary school that's so young it's like i don't know what i don't know how it starts because me personally i just don't have that sort of like want to make any other race feel lesser or mock anything about their culture or anything like that i just yeah. wouldn't do that it's not my place to i don't feel inclined to so i don't know where it would start but i mean we went to the same secondary school um and obviously we'll touch on this in a moment about the protests that were in bristol over the weekend and the edward colston statue um yeah but we went to colston is is a thing and is has been yeah. a thing you know any sort of racial issues within the school that's probably just me being completely ignorant mm. to to the issues that are probably right in front of me but do you think that when we were in secondary school i know you went to colston's primary school as well yeah um colston's school um how was that for you that i mean personally I never noticed. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I started in year five, so I started a bit like started quite late, but it was still in the primary school. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Do Do you think it got worse when you got into secondary school, or? Mm, no. Yes and no. No, I don't think it got worse. Uh, I don't even know where that would stem from. Personally, I, I guess. It yeah. No parents and lack of education or I don't know what what do you think honestly I couldn't even tell you like because I know racism isn't something that's you're not born with it you know yeah um you know what actually maybe maybe so for me personally I didn't experience too much racism in the secondary school I don't think I really experienced that much. Um, I had quite a few friends and, like, my friends weren't racist. And I wouldn't really associate myself with anyone that I would think is racist. But it doesn't mean I didn't still see it happening. So to a black or Somalian person in my class, that was less, like, seen as popular or something like that. Like, certain Mm. kids would think to just be racist you know and um like it would start from an argument between a black person and a white person and then they'll be arguing 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 and then the white person would take it like race into it and take it that step further and that's when it's like okay no it's not okay and sometimes yeah. i would have to say something about it and they would say i remember this vividly i remember they said i'm not saying it to you so is like why am i offended for some reason i'm like i'm black he's black why do you need any more explanations to why i'm offended like you whether you're saying it to me or not yeah. is still racist 
So yeah, it was never completely gone. I did see a few examples of it, but it wasn't anything like too radical. I've heard some crazy stories about other schools in England, and yeah, it could have been it could have been worse, I guess. You know. Yeah. Um, I saw a post that you made probably about a week or so ago. Um, about you worked in several clubs and bars yeah. whilst you were at uni and you said how you felt that that mainly the owners and the bouncers are probably some of the and this isn't to generalize mm. but just the ones that you happen to have met are probably some of the most racist people that you that you that you've met can you like go a little bit more into that um, or yeah like i'd say so when i was working at one of the clubs in birmingham um when I was working on the door, I know that there was a manager, basically, that was managing me. And he said to me one time, they wanted more white people working at the club. Like, they didn't want to employ any more people of colour, like, because of the ratio and the image that they wanted the club to hold. And the person he said that to wasn't even white himself. He was Asian, so he was offended too. He was thinking, like, what the hell? Um, I know often when it's like bringing people into the club um that the owner said to him um bouncers don't like to bring black people into the club often like that happens a lot if there's like two or three of them if they look i don't know if they're a bit too tall or they think that i don't know a bit intimidating or like they're just stereotype like bouncers love to stereotype and owners especially because that's how they justify it the bouncers will be racist and they'll justify it by saying that's what the owner wants. The owner doesn't want these kind of people in the club, the owner, you know, and it just stems from that and it's, yeah. it's hard. Um, yeah, I didn't say that for too long after that, but yeah, yeah it's, it's not, it's difficult. Yeah, that is hard. I mean, again, it comes down to like my ignorance, I guess, but I don't really go out anymore but a few years ago I would go out often um on the weekends and things with my friends and I wouldn't necessarily notice it as mm. much but I guess if I paid more attention I probably I probably would have because it is right there in in front of you I think when you actually sit and think yeah. about it um I just think at the time obviously it's just it just comes down to ignorance but but yeah, it is there, and it's interesting actually as to why why people have those views and opinions. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, I remember one time. Um, it was actually it was this year, so it was February, not long ago. And my friend had a birthday, and we went to Manchester. There was about eight of us or so, and we already paid for the table. And when we arrived at the club, um, long story short, they just saw us and they were like, "We are." not coming in first of all they tried to say there was too many of you like there wasn't like mm. i think they said oh you said there'll be six and there was like seven or eight or something like that um and then they were like it doesn't matter anyway whether they're six of you or not like you guys aren't coming in and we just wanted a reason why <laughs> they mm. didn't want to give one everyone was dressed appropriately like we came all this way it was far um and there was another there was a there must have been like four of us in a separate queue trying to like lower the numbers out of the table queue or whatever. And there was two black, two white. And if I remember correctly, the bouncers or whoever was on the door actually said like, you two can come in, but those two can't, which was me and I think my mixed race friend. 
So it's like plain and simple. Like they don't even hide it. They feel like it is that though, isn't it? It's is an abuse of power. Yeah. I think definitely. They've just got the power to do what they want, and they yeah. do really. Just changing the subject slightly, there's been, we touched on it earlier on um, privately, but there's been so much talk recently over on social media about Little Britain being removed from Netflix, but white chicks staying on Netflix. What are your thoughts on that? I I don't think I have any thoughts. I mean, I don't know. I just, I don't really have any thoughts on it, if I'm really honest. Yeah, I... I looked into that um, and I feel personally like what I gathered from it was that Little Britain got removed due to like some of the blackface comedy that they used. Um, Yeah. And then people called for white chicks to be removed saying that that was whiteface. I'm sure there's probably episodes that might needed to have been removed because they might have taken it a bit too far. Mm especially in like 2020 yeah. um like little britain was even played in um schools like in schools when i was younger so to see an episode like that that might have been taken a little bit too far like maybe a black person mm. in the classroom might feel uncomfortable watching that but that's also down to like the teachers and like knowing what they're playing before they play it to like yeah. a group of kids or whatever but i don't really have any problem as such it's like comedy in a sense so yeah. Um, there's obviously a line and there's a limit, I, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the main idea probably behind it being removed is that if you think back, to be fair, not that long ago, but there was obviously this whole moment in um, television of yeah. blackface. And years ago when... First of all, I don't know if... I don't feel like Little Britain should have like been removed in its entirety, like... It was just white men yeah. in blackface playing the black characters. So I understand that perhaps maybe that's where it's coming yeah, from. Like, and, and it's sort of a, an old-fashioned yeah, thing. Face, you like, know? I know they used to, in America a long time ago, um, they used to paint like over their faces like completely black, um, make the lips bigger, you know, like kind of just dehumanise the image of black people and it was just Mm. like a power thing and they just felt like you know we're superior you guys look like like monkeys or apes or whatever and yeah that's how we were depicted and whiteface hasn't really ever been a thing like that so yeah it's like it's not really the same thing in that sense i wouldn't see that many white people getting offended by white chicks yeah I mean, I think as well, like, the actual storyline of White Chicks, like, do you know what I mean? It's not a part of the, the storyline. The actual storyline in White Chicks is that they're not doing that to act as different people. Mm. That's their characters yeah, doing that, yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. Dress up as these two girls, these two sisters, these yeah. two white girls, whereas the storyline of Little Britain, they've actually created the characters and dressed yeah, them yeah, that yeah. face. I have a question about... Uh, being stopped by the by the police um, is that they obviously it gets talked about quite a lot that in America black people get pulled over often for sort of no reason or very mm. stupid reasons like something that really don't doesn't need to be stopped and pulled over for. Um, 
do you think that's a problem here as well? Have you or people that, that yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, I've been pulled over like seven, seven times now, six times in England. So I've been pulled over a lot. I know, like every time, it's just happened to be a random check. Um, like yeah, it's often in Bristol more than anywhere else mm. in the country, but. I've been pulled over a lot in Bristol and I've seen videos on social media this week as well about um, people recording the police pulling them over and I know we had a conversation with the officer and asked him if he would have pulled him over if he was white and the officer said well maybe not today no and then the man was like well then clearly you're racist and he was like no I'm not racist but and then he tried to explain why he pulled him over just because he was black and I just know like like you're completely like you're not doing anything wrong and you're just just driving legally or whatever and you try not to make eye contact or whatever but I know as soon as I made eye contact with that police officer on that occasion drove down the end of the road and circled round and then came back and pulled me over and just wanted to ask where am I going um what am I doing and it will be any time of the day like I've been pulled over at 12 p.m 2 p.m 10 p.m., 6 p.m. I've been pulled over all the time. Like it just happens a lot, and every time I've been pulled over, it's it's because I was black. Like there was no other reason to pull me over, and that's why nothing's ever happened, or they just let me go after because like there was no reason in the first place. Like sometimes I would drive past a police car, and as a black person, you feel like you have to like look innocent, appear innocent at all times, even though you're not doing anything wrong, but you have to make it look like how does it make you feel I mean it sounds so stupid but sometimes when a police officer is behind me in the car and I yeah exactly driver exactly. Safe, you know and I don't have the worry really of of them pulling me over unless mm. I am actually doing something wrong personally myself if I was in that position if I ever got stopped by a policeman I would yeah, be scared yeah. and, and knowing I've not done anything wrong as well I mean like you've just said about having the need to drive past yeah. them and look innocent is it do you feel scared or do you feel annoyed uh, it's just frustrating or? and it's like it's it's got to the point yeah. where i expect it like anytime when you get pulled yeah. over seven times like you see blue lights you see flashing lights you just assume okay that's me again they're pulling me over like no matter where i go I hear a siren and i think okay they're pulling me over because after a certain amount of times you just expect it and yeah yeah it's hard i'm not necessarily scared as such but at the same time like, it's the police i don't i don't like the police um being pulled over by the police is not a great yeah it's ridiculous really how do you think it's not a great experience it's not a great thing to go through so yeah. it's frustrating to always be like targeted in that sense you know yeah yeah do you think if if it if that was happening to you in the states yeah, 100%. 100%. If that was happening in the States, yeah. like, I still believe that a lot of our UK police are racist, but the States mm. is a different kettle of fish. Like, the videos I'm seeing and the violence that is, the police have been carrying out, like, daily. And that's only videos that we're seeing. Like, yeah. this has been happening for how many hundreds of years by the police that's just not been captured? Like, what yeah. are the odds of someone actually recording um, someone being assaulted? police officer as they just happen to be recording on their mm -hmm. phone like this is 
America's a huge place. <laughs> like this is this must be happening yeah, a lot, exactly. which is sad. It is really super sad to see. Because I've got family out there as well, of course. Yeah, I and think... like, you, you do think about your family out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's important, you know, to not generalise. And when we say, we, we say, you know, about the police, you, nobody is saying that every police officer no. is racist. No one's saying that. But what we are saying is that there's definitely a certain percentage that abuse their power and it is mainly to do mm, and linked yeah. with race. Um, so I think that's just important to note. Um, I th- like, I do think slowly, but slowly, um, especially after this most recent movement, like positive changes are. Yeah. And certain people are getting prosecuted. Yeah. So it's a, it's a positive, it's steps in the right direction, but it's just annoying because these steps shouldn't have had to be taken in the first place, you know? With my cousin this morning, yeah. And our other cousin is a police officer and he had to go and respond to a noise complaint um, over the weekend. Mm. And it was like a house party. And he arrived and um, automatically was accused of, of being racist. And, and he was like, well, actually, I've just been called to a noise complaint. I have absolutely no idea what race you are before okay. I've even pulled up. So I think it is important to just, you know, not generalise, but... Yeah, I think yeah it's hard. It's super that, hard. Um, that is an issue. Yeah, you obviously can't ever generalise because you can't speak for everyone. Like, you don't know if everyone is or who is racist. You can't just, like, just assume like that. But it's just exactly. hard when you have a lot of experiences of it. Like, the more you experience it, the more yeah. people are more wary of police and more, like, have that image of them. Yeah, yeah the more and you the expect, more you expect the racism. So... Yeah, it's hard. Like we've got a long way to go before we move past—not move past this, but like I don't know, like single out the racists in the police force and basically eradicate racism from that. I don't know if that will happen or when. If it'll... someone had posted somewhere about um, that they're no longer talking to their grandparents because they just found out that their grandparents are yeah. racist. And I thought, okay, I understand. Um, but also, your grandparents are in their 80s, <laughs> late 80s, 90s. And when they were our age, there was such a massive lack of education. Do you sort of favor on the side of rather than completely outcasting those people, sitting and educating them? instead about the issues and and creating things like this podcast to to let them listen to or read i definitely think that we should be trying to educate them because at the end of the day like if Mm. you don't try and educate as many completely agree i think it's really difficult i was speaking to a friend it's like it will continue and things won't change i don't feel like everyone can be educated Mm. but everyone's got to be given a chance you know to be educated because mm. like at the end of the day we all want the same thing we all want black lives to matter and we all want um mm. the system maybe more yeah. important to teach them um even more because like i say when when they were our age it was a completely different story yeah, and that yeah, wasn't yeah. even that long ago you know and not to say that racism has ever been right it's never right and it never will be right but 
in favor of everyone the same way that in black people the same way it is for whites and other races so it's got to be like we've got to be teaching older younger everyone they've got to be teaching their kids like like there's a lot of information that people just don't know about as well and i do think there's a lot of stuff that if they were educated about maybe their views would be different i hope they would be anyway so i think things like this podcast and stuff like that definitely like are necessary because otherwise who's gonna who's gonna make the change who's gonna educate how are things gonna change you know I agree I think it is I almost don't want the older generation to be forgotten about as such in the whole education necessarily taught no yeah I don't think it was and obviously Um, back then like yeah society was predominantly white you know so yeah we like Originally, it was white here, obviously, like England was a white country, and we came in the Windrush generation. So prior to that, um, mm-hmm. they wouldn't really be seeing, like when the blacks did come, they weren't equals. And prior to that, it was just whites, they weren't around. So to accept someone into their society, I guess, um, I don't know. It's a difficult one. It's a difficult one because I feel like this whole racism thing, I don't think I could have born how many years ago and the person I am, I just don't think I would have been racist or maybe that's something to do with how I was raised. Mm. But it's difficult. I don't don't really know. I wasn't there, so I can't really really say. But it's 2020 now and everyone needs to wake up and realise we're not where we were, you know? Exactly. But I do think that the education of, of the history of not just only our country, but the world. I mean, things like I watched the other day, yeah, yeah. I watched Hairspray, you know, the musical. And like the segregation and everything, just even looking at that from a different light mm. now to when I first mm. watched it when I was younger and not really thinking too much of it, but actually watching it now and realizing. Yeah. Oh my god, that was real. Yeah. <laughs> that that was actually real, and that wasn't that long ago. And it's scary to think, but every... on Sunday, last yes. Sunday, you yeah. came to the protests in Bristol. Uh, how was it? I've been told that they were incredible. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, we basically managed to show. Yeah, no, I'm exactly super proud of Bristol. Was about. It was amazing to be there. <laughs> Like the spirit, the energy, the whole togetherness of everyone there. And it was amazing to see how many white people were there as well. It was predominantly white. Um, Like obviously the speeches and the stories Mm. and stuff like that were black people leading that. But the amount of support from like white people was, is important. It was Mm. super, it was important because like in order for things to change, side doing it alone there's not a lot of us as blacks there's we're literally like i don't know maybe three four percent of the country to make a difference in the system in order for things our opinions to be heard um you need everyone on your team and bristol just you know everyone showed up the turnout was huge you know the vibes were amazing the police were Mm. like they didn't 
they were they were like a part of the protest in a way. They weren't getting involved. They were friendly. They were there weren't a lot of them. You know, they weren't trying to stop anything. You know, they let us do our thing. They were just there. You know, yeah. just there. They were just present. Um, didn't yeah. stop anyone taking the statue down, which was great. Um, like the protest was amazing, and for people that weren't there, I feel like the pictures don't do it justice. Um, you have to be there to understand, like, mm. and feel the pain of these stories that you're hearing from everyone. You know, like everyone there has experienced it or believes in the matter and wants a change. And when you've got people in power, like Boris Johnson, that thinks race racism isn't a thing in the UK, like that's a massive problem because yeah. if he or uh, the person that's running the country can't see the goes on day to day in the country, like there's definitely a problem and people needed to protest and speak. Because people say, oh, why did yeah. the UK protest? This is an American thing, but is not an American thing in the slightest. It is not. When, from the workplace, the playground, to the classrooms, like, racism is in the uk and just because black people weren't as vocal about it and just kind of dealt with it doesn't mean it wasn't there it just means that we were just you know it's just like mm. we grew up with it and we trying to we've just been trying to fight through it and just still like we just accepted these handicaps we agree uh what would you say to talk at the mm. moment obviously especially on instagram um about influencers and people like that um posting the black square when we did blackout tuesday and not really a lot else what mindset of keep going and we don't stop until i have been posting a lot on my stories and things and trying to educate people and sharing things and, and videos and and on my Facebook as well, the same. What would you say to those people that perhaps have, have stopped? It, you know, um, I don't personally view it as a week long. I feel like the thing. people that have stopped, like, well, first we don't know what anyone's going to watch their mm. socials and judge a person on their socials. But at the same time, like, mm. I do feel that some people might have been posting just for image purposes and just to just not be called racist and if you're gonna join in with the movement and if you're gonna be a part of this like it just doesn't to us the cards that's been handed to us um being born here and we just try and work with what we have but it's definitely time for change it's being time for change so i really hope that this movement yeah like yeah, sparks something in in the world something that stops in a couple of weeks um as long as you're like a difference, you're signing petitions, you're going to marches and all of that stuff, like it's just important that you don't stop because for black people, if if this movement does stop, it just means that everything goes back to how they were and we want change at the end yeah. of the day. We want to change like maybe their surname or first name on their CVs just to get more um, interviews and stuff. And yeah, it's just hard, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And our voices just need to be heard at the end of the day.
and people need to hear it. So these posts hopefully don't stop because it just seems to me that people seem to forget that black lives do matter, you know. We want to be treated equally, we want to be paid equally. We don't want this racial pay gap. We don't want this difficulty to get a job because your surname sounds too African, you know? Like... Yeah, I think we definitely are going in the right so, direction. Yeah. At least I hope so. Um, and it is just the, the thing of keeping that momentum mm-hmm. going at the moment, isn't it? Um, thank you so much no for being on with me today. It's been so good to catch up. Yeah, no, it's Literally been ages. haven't caught up with you in so long. Um, thank you so much again. Um, and Still practising what you preach in your day-to-day. You're educating yourself, you're learning, you're... Thank you so much again to Jomar for being on the podcast today. As he said, from the workplace to the playgrounds and to the classrooms, racism is still a massive issue that we are now aiming to put a stop to. As always, you'll be able to find all of the links to our socials as well as Jomar's in the show notes. I've also listed several links to petitions that you're able to sign as well as donation pages if you feel that you're able to make a donation at this time. Thanks again, guys, and catch up with you soon.